Once again, uh, welcome back for the spring semester. I was uh, surprised and reminded that uh, the university life is always in transition. There's always people coming and going, and it's a good reminder for all of us uh, of that case. Last Sunday, I woke up and uh, came down the hallway and was in my uh, office and whatever decided to come out of my office, and I turned to the left, and uh, all of a sudden, out from the chapel came a guy with a big, huge parka on and like could hardly see him. He had sunglasses on. He was all bundled up, uh, and I was kind of startled. <laughs> People are not usually around here at 8 a.m. in the morning. And he wanted to know when Mass was. And he wanted to know if he could serve. And so today we get to welcome Pascal to the community of the St. Thomas More Newman Center, uh, coming to us right just a little hop across the pond from Nigeria. <laughs> Pascal, welcome. He's here for five years to do doctoral studies, postgrad studies. And a reminder uh, that uh, for all of us who have been here, if you have been here for like one month, if you've been here to Mass before, then you are new or you are like old-timer for Pascal. If you've been here for a semester already, then you know the lay of the land and way in which if you see someone you don't know, introduce yourself. Because you might be, in their mind, the first person that they meet. And yes, it's a risk, and you'll say something, and they'll be like, oh, I've been here for three years. And then you'll be like, oh, no. Right? I hope you have that moment. If you don't have the moment in which you shove your foot down your throat because uh, you should have known something, then life won't be interesting because you'll never meet anyone new. Right? There's lots of new people around here, but we've got to be able to risk. And yes, as a student, you are in a circumstance in which we desire for you to have a place that welcomes you, a, a place that brings you in. But life is not always about everyone welcoming you. The Christian proclamation is that because you discover the welcome you receive, because you discover behind that person and that face, and that imitation is the love of God, that you begin to turn your life around. And when you go out, you are capable and able of seeing who needs to be welcomed, who needs to be looked at, who needs to be known. And then you start seeing all over the place people who look lost, people who are in need, people who are wanting a fulfillment in their hearts. And God sent you. But it only makes sense if you discover that God first sent his son. It only makes sense when you realize that you need something that you don't have on your own. And how do you discover that? You look at your life and you realize I'm searching and I'm looking. I'm wanting something that I can't get The gospel today has this beautiful aspect, the words of John the Baptist when he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And as Catholics, we realize the gift that we have, the sacred scripture at the first part of the Mass, the liturgy of the Word. But it's not as if sacred scripture is in the liturgy of the Word and then we have the liturgy of the Eucharist and it's absent that. The liturgy of the Eucharist that happens right after the Creed is filled with biblical imagery. Words that come right out of sacred text. And yet, when we get repetitious, we can lose the sense of the gravity of what we are praying and saying and living in front of. 
that every Sunday we come here and we hear the words, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And yet, unmoved. Even I can be. Right? You know what I think about, just so you all know? Uh, that crucifix is like losing its tarnish. And so sometimes when I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, the crucifix is losing its tarnish. I'm holding the Savior of the world. And I'm thinking about that. Come on. But what is it that helps us? What is it that puts us back in the right disposition? What is it that makes us realize the gift that we have every time we come to Mass? Right? It's important we have a welcome. It's important that there's good music. It's important that there's friendship that we have. It's important that the preaching gives us meaning in our lives. It's important that the liturgy is done well. It's important. But all of those things are secondary consequences, my friend. And all of those things, if they're the only reason we come every Sunday, will lead us away from here. Because you will discover something here that doesn't meet your need. You will discover something about it that isn't what you want. And if the road that we've taken is that God does everything that I want, eventually I'll be disappointed. The way to rekindle the desire and the awareness of what it happens when the Lamb of God is before us. Because make no mistake, in a sacramental way, the same thing that happened with John the Baptist happens here for us today. You may not believe that, but the same thing in a sacramental way, the Lamb of God who saves you and me and saves all of human history and is the answer to the first reading that says the light will go out to the ends of the world. Here, what is it that rekindles that, makes us see that again? It's your poverty. It's your sinfulness. It's your forgetfulness. It's your ways in which life doesn't go the way you want. It's your struggle. It's your pain. It's your wounds all the things that we're trying to eliminate from our lives, all of the things that another trip to Starbucks we want to solve, all the things that we think if I just had this boyfriend or this girlfriend, all of the things if my mom and dad just gave me this much or if I was able to do this, or even I just discovered last night that uh, you guys all have certain parts of your money on your account that lets you go eat at Qdoba, but then there's certain parts that don't. And I thought, oh man, imagine if you're, the account that allows you to go to Qdoba isn't full. Right? You're going to find a friend. <laughs> and that's what I was told. So I'm going to start going to the muck, everybody. And if I'm sitting in the muck by myself, then I, you can know I need your account. <laughs> I'm going to start posting on the group me. Father needs to be fed. <laughs> Who's up? <laughs> right? We can live that way, and that's great and beautiful, and that's a joy to be able to receive, to be able to be helped. But at some point, we have to realize, wow, even your account runs dry. And how much of our frustration, how much of our tension, how much of our bickering, how much of our lives that end up in all of this chaos is because we expect someone else's account to be full right now to meet my need. I remember being in seminary. It was the first time in my life that I had ever been in an environment that I couldn't decide who I spent time with and who I didn't. Because even in my family, I knew my family loved me and that whether I went home for Thanksgiving dinner or not, that they would still love me. Whether I stayed later and ate dinner, that they would deal with it. 
And so I used to go home as a college student, and the minute that Thanksgiving dinner was over, I went to the bar. All my family is there gathered together. But they didn't meet my need. They didn't have the bucket that I needed to draw from to get filled. That trough was down the road. So I developed a different group of friends than the ones God gave me because the ones God gave me caused me to wrestle, produced a tension, made me see that I was lacking and so were they. Right? And then I'd go back. So at the seminary, it was the first time outside of my family. But in the seminary, I didn't have as much freedom as I did with the family because I wanted to do God's will. But they said that God's will is doing these things. And it was the first time God's will was put through a means with which I couldn't decide everything. And there was a seminarian there that just drove me nuts. You ever had that person in your life? You dislike. I mean, you know, right? You you just want to... I mean, they probably live on your floor, right? (laughs) Right now, the the girl or the boy that I'm... They just peered in your head. Yeah, that one. But the problem was I had to walk by their door every day, like five times to get to mine. And so not only did God put someone in my life that I didn't like, that caused me chaos, that caused me friction, he made me deal with them every single day. And then one day after an encounter, because what would happen is we'd always walk by and then there'd be this thing and then I'd go on. And one day as I was going on down the hall, about halfway down the hall, it occurred to me. The reason I'm so frustrated with him is he's just like me. The thing he struggles with is the thing I struggle with. And so when I'm with him, I'm used to being with other people that I can get out of your bucket what I need. And and he is somebody who in his bucket, the thing I need, he doesn't have, he's empty too. You see, the places where we experience experience lack or emptiness, we want to draw from places and people and things, and we, we draw up and we draw and it's empty. And then we stop going to that well because God created us free. And actually, it's that well that we most need. Because when I realize I don't have what I need and you don't have what I need and every friend I gather doesn't have what I need and every place doesn't have what I need and every parish doesn't have what I need and every university doesn't have what I need and every political person I put in office doesn't have what I need and every state doesn't have what I need and every country doesn't have what I need, then I understand what it means that John the Baptist stood on those banks and pointed a savior. Then I'm in a place where I'm really looking for something, someone that's from God. Then I come to mass, not as someone who has things that I'm going to do, but as a beggar wanting God to do for me what no one else can. Who's the person in your life? What's the thing in your life? What's your attention? Bring it here. Not to be solved, my friends. That's the problem. 
We don't bring them here so God can solve them. We bring them here and surrender them so that God can do his will. And sometimes his will is leaving us in the midst of our angst long enough that something even better than what we want to happen can come about. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And when you behold the Lamb of God and you see he is a real answer to your need, you become like a light that goes anywhere that God tells you to go. And you realize the glory in me is for all men. And you realize that what you have is just a witness and a pointer. And you become John the Baptist saying, I know where you can be fed. And you spend time with people long enough and you watch them drink from places and eat from places. And you think, yep, I'm going to let them eat and drink until they realize they're not fulfilled. And then in that moment, I can take them to where they can. And you become one who looks all over for everyone. And you want to know, why is it God put this one in my path? And you don't need anything from those people. And this, my friends, is what it means to be friends. It happened two more times this last week that I saw something that I thought, they're filled with something that's feeding others. I woke up the other morning and came downstairs and there was a young lady nesting in the lobby. Do you know what nesting is? It's when you guys have all that stuff you carry around everywhere and you come in and you sit down on a couch and then you just like unfold all the layers. (laughs) She had her books and she had her bag and she had her laptop she had her clothes and she had her coat she had her scarf she had she's just nesting and i thought to myself i don't know who you are i wonder why you're here someone who's looking for god how do i know she had a book on prayer someone who is obviously looking in ways that's probably surprising her as much as much as it was me why do i know that because she's not catholic What is it that made her want to come in here? I wouldn't know if I hadn't asked her. And discovered an incredible journey of a young woman who had lived in lands closer to Pascal than to us for parts of her life because her parents were missionaries. And in all of that journey, she found herself here at the Newman Center looking for someone. And because I understood the path she was on, I knew that she was looking for God. But because I knew how God works, I knew that she sent me. The other place I saw this light at work and the glory reaching many people was yesterday at the basketball game. Unfortunate that we didn't win. But I saw a group of students in the Coyote Crazies that I knew by name. And I thought to myself, I wonder if any of those students around them understand why it is that these ones are filled with crazy joy. 
and why these ones probably afterward don't need to go drink from the same troughs that some of them do. And I was grateful to see you guys there. I hope that all of you don't spend all your lives inside this chapel because the world is desperately in need of you. In need of knowing that you don't have an answer for them that will satiate the deepest needs. But you do have the ability to point them to the Lamb of God. And so this day we come together as a group of people who are all beggars and recognize the gift that just as John the Baptist did, you will hear today. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world.